You are listening to the Red Roots Podcast. Good morning. Good morning. I didn't want to start like that, but it was stuck in my throat. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Everybody good today? Yep. Yes. Thank you. Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. It's been a good or last week, I guess. You have a good week? <laughs> yes. Good Good times? Yeah. Everybody seems energized and happy this morning, so that's good news. So today is our 50th episode. Woo! That's crazy. Did you think we were going to make it to 50? I didn't know. Did you think we were going to make it to 50? I no. <laughs> yeah, just be straight up about it. when I was sitting at our dining room table doing the first one, sitting there hovering, talking to myself. Everyone's tiptoeing around him so we don't make any yeah, noise. It's ridiculous. Anyways, yeah, when we started, I didn't like, I don't know. I, I just wanted to put out more content because like we always talk about how we're not big on like, not big. We just don't, you know, we all, we, we've, we've talked before in the podcast several times about how like there's that line of like bragging, but also like kind of uh, selling people sh- out of you know the whatever and so we just kind of avoided it but then ultimately i've seen like the need to for like okay well people do support us and like Mm -hmm. the need to have more so start so i just want to put out content we can talk about what's going on if people don't listen they don't listen but it's not my job to force people to listen it's my job to put it out and they can make the decision to listen and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so Sorry, yeah, that people way. ask us, um, how's it going in Brazil? We know that we need to start you yeah. Know, <laughs> yeah. letting people know how we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have tigers there? Like, uh, <laughs> we, you know, we don't live in India, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Bangladesh. Like, so, yeah. So, anyways, it's been fun. I mean, obviously, 50 is only like a year, so it's not like a, the biggest thing ever. Mm. But, you know, I mean, we've stuck to it. It's turned into a thing when you guys joined, and it, it, that made it a lot easier for me. And when you guys joined, because I'd already done with a few. Actually, I did. I think we released two where I did it by myself, but I did like ten by myself, and no one like the other ones just got erased. Like it just wasn't. <laughs> Can I just say how amazing that is to sit there with a microphone and just talk for twenty minutes? It doesn't feel amazing. Like it. <laughs> you give me that that job, I'll be done in twenty seconds. <laughs> like, it doesn't. Okay, well, you gotta so. you gotta plan your stuff out, right? And like we didn't have video either, so if you look, like I'm like going through like all these ideas and stuff like that that I've r- tried to write down so that it, it's not 30 seconds, you know what I mean? But yeah. nor, and, or I don't know. It was such a weird thing. Anyways, here we are now. We're here now. We're not by ourselves anymore. We don't have to. Simon has a following, uh, apparently. Simon yeah. does have a following. <laughs> Simon is a big part of why a lot of people tune into the podcast. <laughs> like that's just, you know, that's a fact. But anyway, so what we wanted to do today is we wanted to do something different. And so we um, put out on Facebook if people have questions just any about anything then they can ask us and we got some questions in the comments um we got a question in the inbox or we got a couple questions in the inbox um so we're just going to answer questions today there are quite a few so we'll just get started right away so this is going to be all over the place but i mean i think it's going to be fun in a little bit mm-hmm. i mean there are some some funny questions but there are also some like serious questions as well and so it's just going to be i think I don't know. We'll just take it how it goes. If we don't get through all the questions, we can do a part two next week and finish them off. And so don't feel like rushed to get through any, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, answer and talk about whatever you want to talk about. Like, you know, go as long as you want or whatever. And so, uh, so yeah. So the first question, Ramon, what do you wish people stopped asking you? Uh, <laughs> that's easy. It, what do you think it is? Are you Brazilian? Yeah, that's absolutely right. <laughs> Are you Brazilian? Like the other day, I don't know if you picked up on it when we pulled up to get your pot, your pans or whatever. The guy starts speaking to me in like his limited Portuguese, and I was like, "Nah, man, I don't speak that. <laughs> like, I don't speak Portuguese." People here assume that because a lot of African Americans don't come here, or a lot of Africans, period, don't come here, um, and so when they see a black person, they assume that oh, it must be Brazilian because. Eh, somewhat logical, I guess. I mean, there's an idea behind it, but to assume that every black person you ever see is from Brazil is, I mean, come on. Anyways, so yeah, um, I, that happened one time in Cochabamba. Like, a lady asked me, like, where are you from? I said, the United States. No, no, no. I mean, like, where are you from from? The United States. And she's like, I mean, where are your parents from? The United States. I mean, originally. <laughs> I said, what do you want me to say? Because this is not going, what do you want me to say? 
And she thought like they were from like I was Brazilian, and somehow my family migrated to the United States. I said like, do you think that all black people come from Brazil? And like you could tell she was thinking about it. Like she just never thought about like, like never thought that far back. Like oh, where, how did this happen? Like so yeah. Maybe it's the same idea with people in the states, especially like in the southern states. Um, if they see a Hispanic person, they think it's he or she is Mexican because it is close in proximity. You know? Yeah, and the, and there there are a lot more Mexicans in Alabama than there are Puerto Ricans in Alabama. Like you go to New York or somewhere like that, like there's people from everywhere. It's just melting pot. Washington D.C., so on and so forth. The Dominican, El Salvadorian, Guatemala, whatever. But in the South, you see you, there are more like Mexicans or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just a different. And so, but yeah, it's the same thing. It's because they've seen. 10 people, 10 uh, Latino people from Mexico, or yeah, then now every Latino person that I see is from Mexico, you know what I mean? So it's kind of, yeah, it is kind of the same thing. So, uh, next question. Melinda, have y'all written, are y'all going to write any original music in Spanish? I, I think, it, no, we haven't, but I think it would be nice, but I also suck at writing, <laughs> so I don't know, I don't know. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be written by me. It would have to have be written by Rudy if he has that gift, or I don't know. But I'm not writing something. You're not writing something. You're just refusing to write. I've tried this. What if the Lord puts a song on your heart? I've, if the Lord I mean, puts a song on my heart, obviously. But <laughs> that's what, that. But that's isn't that what writing like worship music is? Because it would be worship music, right? But it's I mean, be I think that music. question <laughs> could be both. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, salsa I think the worship question... mix to th- 2020. <laughs> wow. Remember those? The, you, know, you know about those? Wow worship. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow 2020 salsa mix. <laughs> but I, I think the, the question sounded more like, is this something that I'm going to pursue? Like sit down, carve out time yeah. to focus and yeah, do? Yeah, I think it is. And I, I just don't see myself being see, that's passionate about that. Do you see yourself, did you ever see yourself being a mother, though? Or, like, doing a podcast or doing anything? It's hard to see yourself. It's, it's so, it like, I know, like, there's this self-belief stuff or whatever, but it's so hard to really self-project. Because, like, you really are capable of doing so much more stuff than you think. So, I don't, don't, don't mark it out. Like, it's mm. a possibility. Okay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> We've been down. I mean, we've been down the road a little bit so far, and the songs were awful. So we stepped away from that. And uh, the song was awful. The arrangements was were was awful. awful. The, the instrumentals were awful. It was, it was just awful. all around. We it just had to awful. scratch it and forget about it. Yeah, and and it don't back. look back. See, we don't. That's <laughs> we don't talk about that. We talk about the victories and the in the more or less struggles. We don't talk about the huge failures. It was a failure. <laughs> Such a failure. Anyway, we just had to redirect everything. <laughs> I was awful, man. It was like it was just bad. And like I remember hearing it because like, I got you know I wasn't writing it, so it's like hearing it and like trying to be critical but not like a jerk, you know. And it was just this was, yeah, it wasn't good. Anyways, Ramon, Melinda, does Simon speak Spanish with a British accent? Yes. Really, I don't think so. What kind of accent do you think he has? It just like disappears. It's just like a. I don't know, not not a British. Like say agua. Agua. Ah, yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's a, that's he's, he's British. So that's what he's gonna say. Well, I don't speak Spanish with. Uh, well, your background is a little bit different. Okay. Yeah. Well, you don't speak Spanish with yeah, a country accent. But I don't speak English with the country accent That's either. debatable because when you go back to West Virginia <laughs> and you're around your friends, it's, my, it's strong. Because yeah, I talk to my parents. Like, parents. See, suddenly it started coming back. But do you not say what do you mean? Parents. I talk to my parents. <laughs> now I'm talking like I'm British. I don't talk like that. Like I don't have a. You don't. Talk, you don't talk Spanish with a country accent. Is what you just said. What sense does that make? Because sometimes Wait, in English you speak me, with a country but give accent. Me, but there's no such thing as a country accent. Like there is a. There's t- like places with accents. Like he would have, I don't know, like a West Sussex or Northern England accent or whatever. There's not a country accent. There's a Southern accent. There's a, you know, Appalachian accent. There's like different things. Appalachian. Appalachian. I've heard it both ways. Okay. <laughs> so like, I don't, I don't know what you're trying to say. Like, anyway. But, but do you debate, you do hear that you speak with an Appalachian accent sometimes, right? 
<laughs> That's where I'm from, of course. Okay. But yeah. you told me you didn't have one. No, but you because you said country accent. Okay. So I'm, I'm thinking like well, I'm from the city, so anything that is not like like you is wrong. It's country. No, yeah. it's not wrong. It's country. So he speaks with a country no, accent. No, no, no. In the in the states. Oh, okay. So if you're from Wisconsin and you speak with a northern accent, then it's country. Oh no, you're right. That's different. Or California and you speak with a Cali accent, then it's country. I don't know what a Cali accent is. Hmm. Oh Lord. Yeah, so the answer is yes. When, <laughs> well, <laughs> that was a simple question, right? Yes or no? Yeah, it's so crazy, man. <laughs> you don't speak Spanish in country accent. I've never heard anyone assume that. Like, I don't even know. I'm trying to think what that would even sound like. Hola. Like, like what is that? Como estás? Like, it's, you have to try to do that. And so, anyways, when people start coming back to Bolivia in 2022... <laughs> That's a good assumption, right? Uh, can you let us know so we can ship them stuff to send to y'all? Yes, we absolutely can. Um, because there's another question that's connected to that. Somebody said, what's the best way? And I, it, we'll get to it in a second. What's the best way to get stuff to us if they want to send packages to us? And that's the best way is by people who are coming. Um, it's just, like, there's so much, there's so many, so many issues with the mail. It's not trustworthy, but then there's like, um what is the word corruption as well so like it's not guaranteed but like you can get a box and then they're going to try to charge you taxes and basically hold your box hostage it doesn't it's not again it's not a guarantee and it's gotten better i will say that coming into the country has gotten way better with the um what is it called customs customs and stuff like that Um, way more professional now way more back in the day man it was all like Ridiculous. We had a friend send us a, a box of onesies and some goodies for the girls when they were first born. And by the time we got it, it they outgrew the onesies. <laughs> it's like this was lost somewhere and they yeah. found it. And that's the thing. It takes like two to three months to get something. And um, it shouldn't, but, but it does. But some people have had luck. They say, I always get mine in 10 days, which is a miracle. Yeah, which is great. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I guess because you got, remember we had to get the debit card? Yeah, I got yeah, my You got in like three card. days. It was really crazy. Fast. Like they brought it downstairs, like like it's crazy. So I yeah I, I would hope that it's improving, um, but anyways I think still the best way up, up until now and hopefully going forward it'll be easier. But even like economic or financially the best way is, is with people coming down because it's super expensive to send things um, in the mail here. Uh, so yeah, anyways that's connected to that. Simon, what is your biggest need to help the children's ministry right now? Where do we start? Um, At the beginning. <laughs> the beginning. No, I don't know. Uh, no, like on the on a practical scale, we need more leaders, um, just more help, more people who are able to step up and run things, um, take control of different ideas and, and, and go with different things. Um, so ju- yeah, working out logistics. Yeah, it's pretty difficult to just even know like how many kids are going to turn up one Sunday. The numbers just fluctuate. One week you have 25, the next you have 55, then you're back down to 50. So you can never really work out what your norm is. Um, you don't really know what your limit is either because you're like, okay, how many kids do actually live mm. in this neighborhood? It's almost impossible. I have no idea how many kids actually live a million. in our, in our surrounding like a million. areas. Because I feel like every time I go out, I see a new kid just mm-hmm. walking down the street. And I'm like, I've definitely never seen him before. Like, where do you um, live? Right here. I live right here. <laughs> yeah. I've lived here my whole life. Yeah. 10 years. So... Yeah, logistically, that's always difficult. Um, changing the mentality as well has been, you know, something we started to do just before uh, COVID hit. Changing the mentality from what people know and see as a normal Sunday school, mm. and then what we actually are, because we're not, we can't do what a normal Sunday school does. And you know, that's something that I've had to adjust to. That's something that all the volunteers have had to adjust to. You all have uh, a pre preconceived preconceived idea of what a Sunday school is and what a Sunday school looks like just with the kids that come to our church we can't run it in that way Uh, I'd say 80 maybe 90% of our kids come from non-Christian backgrounds uh, at all so they're getting no Christian influence at Mm -hmm. home at all their parents will have zero knowledge um, of what Christianity is so the only time they get some sort of of spiritual input some sort of uh, witnessing of the gospel will be for that 45 minutes to an hour that they come with us on a Sunday. So changing that uh, mentality of, okay, this is a Sunday school to, okay, this is an outreach program that we do every week on a Sunday uh, for the kids in our community. So, 
yeah, making that mentally mental switch um, and then adjusting how we how we might go around uh, making that effective. Because I think like right now we have a really good program. Like I'm really happy with the program that we've got. Um, and it would be easy just to stop where we are and pat ourselves on the back and say, hey, look, we're doing a really fun program for 50, 60 kids. They come, they play games, they sing songs, and they all really enjoy it. Um, but the, the difficulty now is taking it, okay, how can we take it to the next level? How can we share the gospel in a way that's going to impact these kids' lives in, in the one hour that we get with them a mm. week? How, how are we going to be able to do that? How can we share it to them that's impactful? How can we share it to them in a way that's going to keep them on what I call the church ladder so that we can move them through from the, the children's church to La Fabrica into mm-hmm. Sunday church? How can we keep them? How can we move them on? How can we disciple them so that they grow up to be you know positive people in this community, but also good disciples that are bearing fruit yeah. for the future as well? So that's, that's the main challenge is, okay, how can we run this outreach program in a way that is going to impact these kids long term and not just be a yay yeah. this is a fun program yeah. you know because we like I'm full I'm, I full well know the majority of the kids come because they get a free breakfast at the start mm-hmm. we play games for half an hour I mean they, they actually really enjoy the songs like some kids yeah. don't like singing most of the kids that come here love the songs they always want to do more and so it's like I know that's what they're coming for they're coming yeah. for those three things so you know it's easy to stop there and go well that's good enough but you know it's not it's not the reason we're doing it that's one of the reasons yeah we want the kids to have fun but the main reason we're doing it is because we want the gospel to impact the lives of these kids absolutely Um, so yeah about reaching that next level that's that's the main challenge i think and i think i think sometimes we sell ourselves short with that because like you said if everything's fun and kids are enjoying themselves then we're like well job done yeah and yes but no it's incomplete you know you can't again as the church specifically and as believers our end has to be the gospel mm. and even, whether it's with children or whatever like there's some type of gospel seed that you can plant in these kids to be able to go home and, and so i like that you said that and um just you know taking it serious in that level and constantly remembering that the goal is the gospel the goal isn't babysitter's club the goal isn't just to oh look how many there's a hundred kids and they all said they had fun so it was a success yeah. you know well, like, no, we we want to reach these kids with the gospel of Jesus yeah. Christ, you know. Yeah, because the program fails. If mm-hmm. if we have 100 kids that come on a Sunday and in five years' time, none of them are in the church, yeah. then we failed. Yeah. You know, we've absolutely failed. We yeah. failed them and we failed the calling that's been placed on us as a program, as a, yeah. as a children's church. So, you know, that we, we have to be looking at, okay, how can we make this to the next level? How can we share the gospel in an yeah. impactful way? It was... Go ahead. I was just gonna say it was a good, it was a good time. Mm. Like when they like what is it called grayed out of the ministry. You look back and it was like oh yeah that was just a, a good yeah. time in our life. Ha huh? yeah it was fun. Remember this and like you don't want it to be that. No. What are you gonna say sorry? No, I was gonna say I love that 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 is um, your focus. Like when immediately when you talked about your biggest um, challenge or need, it wasn't like man our church is so small we don't have the resources to do what. X, Y, and Z, you know, because if your focus was to fun, was the the drawing in more kids, then it will be, oh, we need money for a trampoline or maybe a park or maybe more chairs, you know. But <clears throat> I think it just also just helps focus where, um, helps focus where our needs are, you know. Yeah. I mean, when you have um, a challenge that's a lot deeper than, than the superficial, you know. Yeah. Yeah. and if, if that's something you have to tell yourself a lot I would have to constantly remind myself it's not about the numbers it's not about the numbers it's not about because it's easy to get carried away with the numbers when numbers go up every single week mm-hmm. you know and the other Absolutely. leaders are running around and they're, they're already they're like Simon you know we've got 55 kids yeah. you know, the, all the leaders will come up and tell me how many kids we've got because it's like the first thing they do is count the kids or breakfast will be open and like someone like Miguel will come over to me oh we've got a lot of kids this morning haven't you and so it's like easy to get carried away with yes we've done it <laughs> goal complete but it's like no that's yeah that isn't that isn't the end goal it and nu- numerical growth is is a result of yeah. like but it's not like it yeah it's very easy to erase everything else because yeah. what well, kids are coming and yeah. like you know you make that your success yeah. point and it's just not because i think that's a good point as well is it's like when we started i don't I, I didn't count like the first week or so but when we when we stopped picking up kids from manar um and started just from this i don't know how many kids were coming there but at no point did we ever go out into the community to like advertise the children's ministry. We never went door to door and said, hey, on a Sunday morning, we got this, we got that. We never did any of that. Mm. We just were like, okay, this is what, how we're going to run it. And we're just going to keep running it like this. And we're going to grow each week. Um, and the more faithful that we stay to that, the numbers just grew. They just grew yeah. naturally. People come. Um, you know, the more effort that we put in, the more organization that we put in, you know, the, 
the better ran the program was, the more kids came, you know, and word of mouth just got round and that, that did the advertising for us. We never had to go out and be like, hey, send your kids to Eldred A, you know, kids just came. Yeah. And I, I, like I, everything healthy grows, but everything that's growing isn't necessarily healthy. Mm. So like, which one should you focus on? You know, if you focus on having a healthy or having a health, a healthy organization, then it's going to grow or a program or whatever. It's going to grow when maybe slower or faster than it doesn't matter others, but it will grow. But if you focus on growth, then you, you can grow, but it won't be healthy. And, yeah. and really the goal is healthy people, people and, you know, members or participants, whatever you want to call it. And so you focus on health. And that's what you guys did is you focused mm-hmm. on healthy culture. Like you were saying in the beginning, cultural change, uh, developing a healthy culture of uh, kids ministry and whatever. And, um, and it, it, it grows because healthy things grow. That's what they do. And so, yeah. Um, another one for Simon. Do you feel like missions is a big priority in the UK? In the US, it's hit or miss. Like he's just <laughs> putting it right all the way out there. It is hit or miss in the US. But do you feel like it's a big priority in the UK? Uh, again, it's hit or miss. Um, yeah. So actually, I reached out to a few different people uh, when this question came through because yeah. I didn't want to speak on behalf of the whole UK yeah. church without really knowing so I thought okay I'll send a few messages around and the responses that I got back were very much that it's hit and miss so my experience in the UK church has been that most churches will support an overseas missionary but you won't hear much about them until they return like after two years for that you know they come back for a sabbatical or whatever you want to call it they yeah, come back yeah. for two weeks and then they get one Sunday morning slot to do a 35 minute presentation and that's about all you hear from them for a couple of years or so um so that's been my experience of the churches that I've worked in. So yeah, churches would support overseas mission, but I don't think they know how to fully get involved yeah. in it. They're just like, oh yeah, we'll send the money monthly. And then when they're back, you know, we'll give them some time so they can yeah. speak and tell us what they've been doing. Um, other churches um, have, have kind of like reversed in the sense of they now see the UK as the biggest mission field that the UK church is involved in, in mm-hmm. the sense of, you know, the UK church is weak, it's shrinking, um, it doesn't hold any weight in the UK anymore. I mean, yeah. most people would still class the UK as a Christian country, but that's just basically on morals or values or yeah. being a good person is what they would class as being Christian, is yeah. being a good person. Um, so it doesn't doesn't hold the same weight or the same power. So like in the US, for example, a politician might come up come out and claim to be Christians, so therefore they get the Christian vote mm. um, and that could help them win the election uh, you do that in the UK you will lose the election if you come out and say oh yeah I'm a Christian you will lose votes and you won't win the election how do we know that because it happened a few years ago you know a, re- a nice guy came out um, he was running for one of the parties everyone likes him they're like oh this guy seems okay um, and then in one interview they were like hey there's a rumor going around that you're Christian and he was like oh yeah I'm Christian within 48 hours he resigned because he couldn't handle everything that had yeah. been thrown at him. Uh, all the questions he suddenly had to answer, like, oh, that means you believe this. Oh, that means you hate these people. Oh, this means you do this. Yeah. Um, so, you know, politics and Christianity don't mix. And so I think the UK church now is, has recentered its focus on instead of overseas mission and be like, okay, let's send missionaries out. The UK is very big on receiving missionaries now. Yeah. You know, people from China are coming a lot more uh, into the UK and working with churches in the UK. Um, yeah, and I think there's just a, a bigger community focus now from the from the UK church. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I think you get a split. Any church you go to, you get a split on where people see their views. But um, yeah, some. So again, it's, I would say it's hit and miss. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a that's an interesting that's an interesting thing. But I, yeah, it goes back to the balance conversation we had a long time ago. It's like you know, called to both evangelism and missions. Evangelism mm-hmm. is reaching people where you are. Missions is reaching people where you are. But yeah, I think it's hit or miss in the U.S. in the same sense that most most people, not all, but most people aren't going to be thinking about missions. Yeah, throughout the week, it's just mm-hmm. not something. Most people, not all. Again, yeah. it's just it's just yeah, it's a different thing. We should do another episode about that. That's a big conversation. Mm. If you had to pick one album to listen to for the next year, what would it be? Or or a musical artist, if a single album is too difficult. Or you could do top three albums artists for de- uh, Desert Island. Deserted Island. I hope it's not Desert Island because then like, you just die really quick, right? <laughs> like, um, wait, is it called a Desert Island? Deserted. Wait, a Desert Island? Yeah. I think yeah, it I is called that. Desert Island, yeah. Yeah, anyways. Wasn't that the name of a show? I don't know. No, Gilligan's Island was the um. name of the show. Uh, so, yeah, 
uh, I'm looking at my phone right now to see like, okay, what do I want to listen to? Um, I think there's like, there's music that you listen to based on your mood. And then there's music you listen to, to lift, uplift your mood, you yeah. know? And yeah. I think one of those, one of those albums for me is, um, uh, Fred Hammond's Pages of Life. Both yeah. chapters, one and two. Oh, chapters, <laughs> it's timeless. Right. It's just timeless. I can listen to it anytime. I know people who are not believers that listen to that album because it's just so good. Yeah. Uh, gosh, you want the spiritual answer? <laughs> well, I can give a non-spiritual answer. Um, the Miseducation of Lauren Hill. It's well, also yeah. timeless. Uh, but that one, again, it doesn't put me in a mood. It's kind of like I'm just in a mood for like a chill album. So yeah. let me just listen to this. <laughs> What is your, because I'm still like kind of trying to. Are you going to go for Wild Worship? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Wild Worship 2003 really hit the mark for me. I'm just kidding. You're going to no. go for Kids Bop, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Maybe the new ones are all right. No, I'm such a moody listener. It's, it would be torture for me to have to listen to one album yeah. for the next year. Mm-hmm. Even if I loved it, it, it would be torture. I listen to everything. Like, I mean, I'll, I'm li- one day I'm listening to reggae, then I'm listening to hip hop, then I'm listening to like some like R and B type stuff. You put Simon on the African music too. <laughs> not yet, not yet. Yeah, like I'm listening to Afro beats one day, and I'm listening to gospel one day, typically Sundays, and then like more worship, like like it's just like it's all over the map. It's all what I don't listen to much anymore is rock music. I, can't say that I have ever listened to it. Yeah, you listen to that. Uh, Dates another girl named Katie. De- definitely made. How much longer? Yeah. Yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to listen to it today now. I forgot what it is. What is it? There's a. Is this a Christian song? It's like. Yeah, but we were meant to live for so much more. It's a switch foot, isn't it? Yeah, ah, it's like a popular. It, yeah, like so I listen to like popular music now too. So like w- the radio, whatever's on. But I listen to like Spanish music too. I, yeah, I can't. I can't pick an album, man. Even if it's the greatest album of all time, I cannot listen to that an out one album for all. I cannot. Mm-hmm. Now I can't listen to one genre for one day, let alone because in the morning, if I'm in work mood, then I'm work mode, then I'm going like I may go like deep hip hop, like. I may do like The Roots or like uh, Ishan Burgundy is a guy I listen to or something like that. But then like if I'm doing study music, I listen to a lot of lo-fi as well now because I'm studying and stuff. And so that's what plays. And, I don't know. even know what that is. Yeah. So it's a, it's a new thing. That's young folks. You I'm going to ask Siri later. Alexa, yeah. sorry. So, yeah. She probably was like, I didn't understand your question. <laughs> Whatever. So you don't, you have... An album or artist or top three? Um, my top three albums, if if I could only have three albums. Adele, Ed Sheeran, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you actually nailed the first two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got that written. Where's my list? Yeah. To prove, to prove Adele, I believe you. I believe you. I'm just stereotyping you and you fell right into the stereotype. Top albums. We got Adele. Adele, Adele 21. <laughs> Ed Sheeran, The yeah. Vibe. And then the greatest showman soundtrack. Really? Yeah, I, I haven't love listened to the greatest showman. You guys, I'll call me when this conversation. Is <laughs> <laughs> great show? Talk about Hamilton too. It's a movie, The Greatest Showman. Yeah, yeah. Is it dancing? You like musicals, right? Yeah, it's like a musical film. We've had this, but you like musicals in general. Yeah, we've, you guys have had this conversation before, and I just removed myself. <laughs> don't like musicals. I don't. You know, I don't know. It just. I, I know it's not supposed to be realistic. I'm fully aware <laughs> of that. But like someone's about to beat you over the head with a brick and you start singing. Like it just I, like it, it annoys the heck out of me. Like I don't I, don't, I, I know it's I know this is that's the point. I get it. But it annoys the heck out of me. Like your wife is going to divorce you. and uh, Like, bro, like, no, like this is not. Or the West Side Story when they're like the two gangs are actually fighting and they're yeah. like dancing. <laughs> the only time dancing was cool in a fight was in Michael Jackson. Uh, was it beat it or I'm bad? I'm bad. It's I'm bad. Yeah, and he I'm was bad. like doing a little lean in his white suit. No, that's Moonwalker. No, I'm bad as Moonwalker. But he doesn't have a white suit on, and I'm and I'm bad. He and Moonwalker is a white suit. No, I'm okay. Yeah, or Billy Jean or something. I don't know what you're talking about. What song is that? 
Andy, are you okay? Andy, are you okay? Yeah. And they're like inside of a building and they're all dancing and he goes up with his hat to like Smooth that. Criminal. That's yes. what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. They I were forgot. fighting in that one too. Yeah. That, it was cool. <laughs> yeah, that's but that's the only one like that I've ever like, oh, look at their singing and dancing and fighting as gang members. This is perfect. <laughs> I know on paper it doesn't make sense, but it made sense. What but, if heaven is like that? People fighting no, and no, gang no, members no. and singing? Singing and living. And de- that's not no. I, that's not gonna be heaven. I'm not getting into that as a trick, and that's not gonna be heaven. The, <laughs> heaven is not gonna be a live musical. That's not what it's Would gonna be. Imagine? No, I can't. <laughs> that that's a place, but it's not heaven. Um, uh, Jalen is so your daughter because we were watching a musical one time, and she's like, I mean. It's okay, but why do they have to sing everything? It's annoying. Because <laughs> it is. It is annoying. It hurt yeah. my feelings. Yeah, because you're like trying to find your buddy to do, yeah. like, to do stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did that with Jolie and it backfired. So now she had me watching stuff I just don't care about at all. <laughs> all right, anyways, uh, what are some things you're doing right now in your right now ministry-wise that you will continue to do after the pandemic is over? Uh, that's a good question. I think the worship covers, I would like to continue. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely continue that. Never thought I would say that, but yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoy that. But you? Um, I don't really know, to be honest. I think it depends how much time allows. Um, yeah. my, when everything was before COVID, my time schedule was already pretty pretty packed. So to fit in things that we're doing now as well <laughs> will require some reorganization. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I enjoy what we do now. Um writing devotionals and things like that. I enjoy that work, uh, but how realistic that is to be able to put out a deep 10-page or 10-day devotional, um, I don't know. I'd like to think I'd be able to fit it in, but I don't know if I'd be able to give it the time and the effort that it would need on top of everything else um, because there are other areas that I want to grow in and, and develop, like leadership skills, preaching skills, and stuff like that, which, to again, add into timetable. So Yeah, you could do it. It just would take longer. Yeah, for sure. Know. And that's that's the reality of going back. It's going to take longer to do stuff. Mm. I think, um, yeah. I mean, I think almost. Well, I'm trying to think. What new have we picked up during the pandemic? The TikTok videos. Oh yeah, we're TikTokers um, now. Yeah, that'll continue. Yeah. I mean, because honestly, that's not. We just take clips of other stuff that we do and we yeah. put it on TikTok. I like what you and Rudy do. Um, the podcast, the church podcast the church thing, podcast, video yeah. podcast, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I, I understand if you can't continue to do the Sunday. You know the videos oh, that you we'll, do. Yeah, we'll do it, but yeah. it'll be different. Um, it'll be like basically a re, uh, resume, uh, summary of whatever we talked about Sunday morning, and so it, it's going to look a lot different now. It's like a, more of a devotional. It's going to be like right after service, and like we just talked about this Monday, or yesterday, and so yeah, um, like. It, after the service, hey guys, we had a great time in church today. We talked about this, this, and this, whatever, such and such. And and the Bible says in John 14, whatever, whatever you know, I'm just talking. It says this, and, and remember that this week when you did something, something. And so it'll be shorter, but we'll continue to do those videos. That's really, that's a good idea because then you're not necessarily adding to your study time or to your exactly. sermon Exactly, and that was the idea. It's kind of what he was saying. It's like, because you don't, yeah. There's only so much you can do, yeah. but um, the podcast will keep doing that, but it'll actually get better, I think, um, because we'll be able to have people on, hmm. like visitors and guests yeah. and, you know, whatever, and just different stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, so I think that'll get better. We'll keep doing that. We're going to keep doing audio Bible stuff, but again, it's not, it is a day consuming or like an afternoon or a morning, consume, but it's not time consuming throughout the week. But again, we will have more people to be able to read and do those things. What um, about the food um, distribution? Like the? I mean, well, yeah, I think we'll do that for a, for a while, uh, but not too. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we'll we're not gonna do it forever, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll probably do it for. Actually, this week I probably need to go out and give some stuff out. Now that you said that. Um, yeah, I mean, I imagine, honestly, we'll probably do that for a few more weeks. Just in, The idea was to, first, helping people that did not have anything. And then now the idea was to help people get back on their feet. But when we went out last time, there were people saying, like, oh, thank you, I didn't have anything. We didn't even know what we were going to eat. Like, you know, stuff like that. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't thought much about, like, how long that, I mean, because who's to say, you know? Yeah. How long does it need to go on and stuff? But I, I always like the idea of the church being a place people can can come to 
can go to when when they are in need, you know. And mm -hmm. so, like, I like the idea of having stuff in case, you know, someone does say, hey, you know, I just, you know, adopted my granddaughter or whatever and, yeah. and we need baby clothes or we need food you know like but, a pantry type yeah thing. like a pantry yeah yeah i like we and we've talked about that idea before but it's, it takes a lot of organization a lot yeah. of work and then obviously it takes it takes money and stuff too um but yeah that's definitely at some point because that pours into community center focused type stuff that we don't have to wait until we have a building to do we can do that now yeah, yeah. and so yeah i think i think that's it we just need to think it all out because there's some different you know hope, but yeah that's a lot yeah yeah, and um, you know, there's always people that are trying to hustle and scam right. and stuff, and so you just gotta kind of make it as hustle proof as possible, if possible, and then kind of, I don't know. So yeah, we'll. See. I mean, but yeah, that is a good idea. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think almost everything that we'll, we're doing now, I would like to continue. I I don't know. Like I'll be I'll be writing materials, but I don't know about like the writing devotionals and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, periodically, but it won't be like a thing that we work on every week or whatever. Um, Definitely want to keep producing materials, though. But kind of like it was before. It's like, okay, when I'm finished with everything else and my extra, like, work time, like, I'll put in some work on, like, writing some leadership material or something like that. Mm. So, um, yeah. So, I, I, I think I'll continue doing everything that I'm currently doing in the pandemic. But um, yeah, a lot of it will look different, right? Like, it'll just look different because of, like he was saying, time constraints and just, you just make stuff fit in. Because yeah. I think everything we're doing now is really productive, man. Yeah. And and even it's turned into necessary, you know. Um, TikTok has really has been really cool because we don't. I mean, for us, it's given our church a chance to like be like contact, help, communicate, minister to whatever you want to say. People that don't live here, and again, we're just going to we're just doing you know because that's where people are on TikTok. So let's do TikTok. That's kind of but like now we have. You know, a lot of most, I would say 90% of the people, 95% of the people that follow us, we don't know who they are and they don't even live here. So that it's kind of cool. It's not a priority in that sense because our priority is here. Um, however, and it, you know, how effective, what's the depth of our effectiveness on tip, TikTok? Yeah, we're throwing like little stuff, but it's easy. And so it doesn't take any time and whatever. And so we'll keep doing that, but um, continue to build our channel and stuff here. Um, to reach people here and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I think, I don't know, man, I think the social media stuff, we did the thing, the episode on social media, and I think it's necessary. And mm. So we'll keep doing that. And, and again, we'll have more help when we come back to church, too. So there'll be more people. So, yeah. Um, um, what has been your favorite experience so far since moving to Trinidad? Hop in there, anybody. <laughs> I mean, you, you're talking, so go ahead. I didn't have time to think about this question. Um, I think um, I've always kind of lived in a faster place, faster, well, I grew up in a faster paced place. And so coming, going to Cochabamba, it kind of slowed my life down a lot. And then it was like extra slowed down when we moved here. And I never, I didn't know how much I would enjoy that. Like it, it, it was here. It's been here in this place that I've been able to, like, really search and find um, passions of mine, and then also confront a lot of, a lot of truths in places where I needed to heal and um, work on. You know, and so I think that has to do with just the, what do you call it? Uh, not soledad, but like the the cutting off all the the noise of bigger places, you know. Cochabamba had a lot of friends, and so we went out to coffee and a lot of play dates, and then, so I never really had time to focus on, like, hey, what area ministry do I want to be a part of? Plus, our girls are smaller, and so my my life was just in the home, taking care of them, um, and which was, gr which was a great season in my life, you know. Um, but here it's transition because they're a lot more independent. They go to school. They're playing with their friends in the street or our neighbors, which um, it's another thing that I love that they weren't able to do um, where we lived before. And so, so I would just say that just like the calmness and the peacefulness of it all is something. The rhythm, like the rhythm of yeah, life. Yeah, the slow rhythm, the slower rhythm of life is something that I've really, really enjoyed. Yeah. And it, it's um, it's like you don't. Not that I ever like put up a f facade on purpose, but it's just like it never really got 
things didn't really go deep with me personally as far as like relationships, neighbors, letting people in and people letting me in. But here, even though I have very fewer, fewer friendships, um, I feel like they're family, you know, and yeah, and I could just be 100 percent honest with them. I don't ever have to pretend that I'm um, deep instead of wide, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I enjoy that. I enjoy it. It's um, it's it's been nice. Yeah, I think. For me, just the process of building something. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I think that's my passion, if you, like, in a very general sense, is building something, and, or, like, not physically. Um, I mean, in parts of it is that, too, right? I guess, yeah. like, it's building something from ground up. And, like, I like, I, I'm competitive, but I don't play sports anymore, obviously. And so, like, obviously. it's a different, I mean, come on. Anyway. Well, that's a question, right? Yeah, we'll get onto that. <laughs> yeah it is a question that, yeah 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 i don't play sports anyway so the answer is that we'll skip over that no um but just the process of being able to build up like anything like a business a ministry like i, I love that challenge and it's almost like when there are setbacks in like in a church and i'm specifically referring to the church which will one day um also out of the church will develop a community center and, and stuff like that and so I'm I'm really enjoying the process overall, and when there's a challenge of it, like I, I like I put my feet, my heels, dig my heels in the sand, and like I'm like all right, like now, like so when there's a setback, like I yeah, I definitely get down, like but it's like at the same time I feel like this rush about like all right, let's how can we build because I love the process of building and seeing the results and being able to look back and see like that we're moving yeah. forward and how far we come and. And seeing people's attitudes around me change and stuff like that, and and like and not just their attitudes around me change because that can be like just from sad to happy, or whatever. But like seeing um, people go f- like from sitting on the sidelines to being, you know, yeah. like participant, willing participants and mo- moving the thing forward. And so, really, really like that. Um, I've really, um, yeah, really enjoyed that. And I don't know maybe that's not what. The, you know what he's looking for with the question but yeah i've really enjoyed that whole process here um we haven't we didn't get to do that in cochabamba we are always helping other people's ministries in cochabamba and the thing it's great to help people's ministry but the, the truth about that is is like everybody wants help until it's time to help hmm. and or everybody wants help until it's time to realize why you need help in the first place mm-hmm. and the, most of the time it's because you're not doing something well or you're not doing something right and so i want you to fix everything else but oh, oh, when you say like I'm doing something wrong, then it turns into like this weird like mm. they're offended and don't want to grow and whatever. And so like this is the first time that we've like actually had the chance to like okay take all those experiences from our past, from like you know whether it's hard headed pastors or ministers and mission whatever, and like who don't want to change, don't want to grow and whatever. And like we've learned from that like to not be like that. Yeah. Um, but then really remembering what the point is and the goal is and Jesus is the goal. And so that's kind of powered us along to, you know, to really, um, like, be able to focus. I don't know I'm doing my hands like this. Uh, to be able to focus, like, to where it's supposed to be. Remember that. And so we've gotten to build this and make, you know, several people have made comments during the pandemic of, like, man, so much has changed. Like, there's one guy in from the neighborhood. Like, he doesn't mind. He's called, he was here the other day. He comes by or whatever. He doesn't go to the church. But he said, actually, when this is over, I'm, I'm coming to the church. And he was telling me when we were over in the church, we were, he was, we were just in our chat and, and he was like, man, you guys have changed so much in s- such a little time. And he was like, and it's good. He was like, it's good. He's like, this is, it's been great. He's like, I don't even go here and I see that it's incredible and blah, blah, blah. And some a lady that comes, she's come here way longer than we have. Um, yesterday, I was talking to her and she was just saying the same thing. It's like, man, so much has changed so fast. And I was like, it wasn't, the goal wasn't to change stuff. Like mm-hmm. that wasn't, hey, let's change, you know, like for what? You have to have a, change has to have a goal, you know what I mean? And so where are we changing stuff for? Okay, so that we can better reach people. It can't just be so we can gimmicky change, you know? Mm. And so anyways, um, that's been fun. That whole process for me has been fun. And just seeing um, seeing how far we've come, but also looking the other direction and seeing how far we have to go. Mm. And that just kind of makes me more like, you know what I mean? Like dig in and get ready for. Yeah, I think like one of the biggest changes for us when coming to Trinidad has been like, like, okay, finally we have a home because it almost felt like every place was just a pit stop stop, or like a Mm. stopping point, a resting place, you know? And and we didn't know uh, where our home, where we were gonna gonna settle and start building. And so when we we moved here, 
a lot changed and was able to change in us and in our ministry uh, because we knew that we wanted to put in roots here. And so that was that just gave us a freedom to dream, I would say, like just. Well, and, uh, no, I was just going to say, I think before we were just victims to the missions mentality of the way that we've been taught. And we talked about this on another episode, too, of like for, you know, generations is that you go in for so many years, you do this and you leave. And we just never we, like the, we never could really nail down our leaving day. We just didn't know, but it's because maybe we we may have one, but we we spent so much, so many years, like trying to figure that out that we couldn't enjoy or really put roots down fully because we just didn't know. And like, so when we came back, we were like, all right, we're going to be back in Bolivia for two years. And then, so we were like, we didn't want to do anything long-term because then you're going to leave it hanging for two years and you become a slave to your leave date. And so now your whole ministry is controlled by your exit date. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know what I mean? And so it just turns into this weird thing. And so when we moved here, it was like a fresh start. And like what she's saying is like it, it became a fresh start in the sense of we just said we're going to live here. Mm. That's the end of it. Like, when are you going to leave? Don't know. Like, I'm not going to say I'm never leaving. That's that's absurd thing for anybody on the planet to say. But um, like we, we don't know. We, we just live here. We live here and we're going to live here until we don't. And so. I mean, obviously, if we do ever feel like it's something that we won't just leave tomorrow, like there'll be a plan, like a long, you know, longer, a year, two year plan of, of leaving or whatever. But leaving is not something I think about anymore. And because of that, it's it's allowed us to mm-hmm. like, you know, mm. be where we are fully. And, and it's obviously the effectiveness that make, makes a huge difference. So, yeah. Anyways. So what, what about you? What has your, um, been your favorite experience so far? Um, I think just being part of a community, like really feeling part of the community as well um from the small things of going out and seeing people that you recognize constantly um waving to the same people every day um wherever you see them in the in the streets or coming out of the house or further downtown or something just you know recognizing those people um and feeling part of a place feeling part of a project um similar to what you were saying uh being part of something that you you can see is going somewhere that's heading in a, in a direction mm. that's being led and that people are joining and, and wanting to be part of um, all the time. Yeah, just so yeah, just being part of a community feel, whether it's a community of where we live, like with the neighbors being really friendly and things, just like small things. Uh, every time I go outside, um, just like turn the lights on in the evening, the next door neighbor, Mickey, Mickey, mm-hmm. he's always out doing stuff in his back garden. So he waiting all, on you all, to come yeah, out. Yeah, he always wait. Like it's like Can't a routine for us Until now. Simon turns the light. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like... I always feel like if something happens to me, he's going to be like out there waiting, being like, why isn't, why hasn't he come out yet? Why hasn't he turned the lights on? Yeah, he would come up to my door, like, yeah, yeah. are you coming out or not? <laughs> These lights are still <laughs> off and it's dark outside. Yeah. But, um, it's like small things like that, but, uh, and like being part of like different football teams, being invited to different things as well. Just, yeah, it just makes like, again, like you were saying, makes you feel like you're part of something that you, that you can settle roots here, that mm-hmm. you can uh, set up a home here. So yeah, that's, that's what I've enjoyed. Yeah. Um, there's a follow up to that. Um, what's been a high point and a low point, um, either personally, ministry wise, et cetera, um, here in Trinidad? I mean, I think um, high point is pretty much what I just said. Like, yeah. you know, this the whole it's, it's not been a moment, I don't think. Is there? Has there? Uh, yeah, I think the whole process has been like uh, overall, it's been a high point for me. Low point. What like I'll be honest with you, it's not the answer that people. Low point for me was realizing that I need to be involved in the church. Now it's different now, in this church specifically. I didn't want to. I wanted to come and participate and be a part, but I didn't want to be a part of leadership. I didn't want to be involved in leadership at all. And it was this weird thing. It wasn't really a low point. I just felt like a low point, mm. like because I just didn't. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to go back to working in churches. Like so much stuff had happened in the past. I was just done with like. That I wanted to work in the community and let the church, I'll be, again, I'll be a part of the church. I'll give offerings. I'll help clean up, whatever. Good little church member, but I did not want to be a part of church leadership. Mm. I wanted to kind of just let church leadership be. And so just, there was a long process there. We can talk about another time, but of me like kind of being convicted, I guess, and coming back around to, you know, working in church leadership. But it was a low point for me initially. And I kind of wrestled with it. It, it, it sounds so silly now, you know, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was like, it wasn't a low point, like in a, I can't explain it. Like, it wasn't like depressing and like, I was, it wasn't that. It just was like, 
I just didn't feel good. Like I was, I was sad. Like I didn't want to do that. It was like, it felt like when God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, mm. you know what I mean? It kind of felt like that. And he's like, ah, like that's probably a low point of his life. And then he got ate by the fish. And so that's the lower point. But that was because he, you know what I mean? The Nineveh thing. Mm. Like, and he got, he gets, he goes eventually and he's mad and then, or he finishes and people will come to, you know, they, whatever. And, um, they start worshiping God or whatever. And he gets, he's still upset about it. But I think he's still like holding it against God. Like, well, if you wouldn't have, you know, like if you would, if God would have never sent me to Nineveh in the first place, then I couldn't have been in disobedience by going here. And I wouldn't have gotten eaten by the fish and died in the fish's belly. That's another conversation. Gotta point that out. Anyways. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so, so on and so forth. So I, yeah, for me, that it was, it's, it's weird and it seems like petty and childish, but it, it was somewhat of a low point for me of just realizing that. I wasn't going to get to do what I thought I wanted to do. And in the timing that you wanted to do. Yeah, in the timing that I wanted to do. You're still like, going to get to do Well, that. but I, well, my want has changed. It's like when people say that God gives you the desires of your heart, I believe that God gives you the actual desire. He doesn't give you what your heart desires. He gives yeah, yeah. you the desires of your heart. And so for me, it was like my heart desired one thing, which was a good thing, mm. but he's like, no, I'm going to change that desire mm-hmm. through this, her, this weird process of what you think you don't want to do. But I'm going to push you and convict you into doing it. And once you get into it, then you're going to realize you want to do this. That was so frustrating because I think anybody who knows you knew that this is where God was going to give you a platform doing this. Like, this is where God was going to lead you. doesn't matter. I just didn't want to do it. You know what I mean? I know, but it was just like, just come on already. (laughs) Stop it. It's like, I walk with a limp because I've been wrestling with the Holy Ghost. (laughs) It's like, stop it. Just stop fighting it. Yeah. I talked to your mom about it, too. And I was like... She knew it, you know. Everybody that was, that's remotely close to you, just just sees this. Uh, I guess you would say like leadership, church leadership, pastoral um, role in you. But he fought. You fought that for years. Yeah, I enjoy. You it still now. fight it. Uh, yeah, I, no, I fight the titles <laughs> and the names and all that because it's it's not what it is. And also, I want to be respectful too. But like at the same time, like yeah, yeah, I enjoy the. I just, I just enjoy the process. It's fun and getting to help people. And getting to reach people and getting to be myself in the process is really it's really cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So high point, low point for you guys. Uh high point that links into with what I said being part of community, probably when probably when like you stop becoming someone's or stop how how do I phrase this? When you stop becoming known as someone's friend, mm-hmm. in the sense of, oh that's Rudy's friend or oh that's Ramon's friend, but actually you just become oh that's Simon. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Um, I think that was a high point for me, like when, so like uh, example, go to football, I go to play football with Rudy on Sunday afternoons um, with a bunch of his mates and things like that. And obviously I was only invited because I'm friends with Rudy, like I didn't know any of the other guys there. So you go along, but you always feel like, okay, you're not really part of this group yet. Like I'm only here because Rudy invites me to be here and everyone else only accepts me because they accept Rudy and because I'm friends with Rudy, I'm therefore accepted. Um, and so when that process ends and you feel like, okay, now I am actually part of this group. Now I, I'm like, if Rudy doesn't go, it doesn't matter anymore. I still go, mm-hmm. you know, and it's fine. Um, yeah, just like that, reaching that point of, okay, yeah, no, I'm accepted for Simon now rather than just, oh, that's the guy that tags along to everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. I think that's like when you reach that point, it's always really nice. Um, just helps you settle a lot quicker as well, knowing that, okay, you know, I do have friends here. I am part of stuff here. I am invited to things here. Yeah. Um, so that's always that's always a nice moment to reach. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, for low sure. point, don't really know, to be honest. Um, you get ups and downs. Pandemic. All the way through. The yeah, the pandemic, of the pandemic will be the, the biggest low point. Yeah, that, that, that was actually a low point, I think, yeah. too. That, but I think that's for everybody. So that's not, yeah. has nothing to do with where we live and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just been, yeah. What about you? Um... Yes, a high point. What was the question? What was the high point and low point for you, either personally, ministry-wise, whatever, um, since we've lived here? Okay. Um, I'd say a high point would be just um, that I've, because like I mentioned, the girls have become a lot more independent. I was able to um, kind of focus some a lot of time on like direction and what I wanted to focus a little bit more on. Um, and so I've been challenged to just grow and grow and kind of like get out of my head and, and just see what areas I can, um, 
I can serve in in the church and, and in the ministry and uh, and get over fears that I've always had, like, you know, singing in, in public or being recorded or, or doing this podcast. Like, I was just so consumed with saying the wrong thing that it feared me, it crippled me to to speak out in public anywhere, whether it be at a church when we're on furlough fundraising or uh, even at church before worship, you know, I'm welcoming the people. I'm like, am I going to say something stupid? <laughs> uh, There's an easy solution to that. No, it's like, don't say anything, right? <laughs> no. That's what I did well, for that's years. The, but that's not a solution. That's not a solution. <laughs> oh, okay. What was the solution? I Prepare. mean... Yeah, it, but then I prepare, and then it seems super scripted, you know. So I'm praying, re- literally reading my prayer off God, the tablet. Uh, the, uh, God, <laughs> like, I don't like, read like, like that. The, no, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like when the girls. <laughs> oh gosh, that's torture. It yeah. was torture. They've gotten better. Yeah, they're better now. Um, but just that—that that would be a high point that I was just um, challenged to to grow and in, in personally and in. And to consider doing things that I would have never considered doing before. Low, low point would be just that, like learning and growing and stretching makes you reflect on your, your inabilities and your weaknesses. And, and so facing those is also a challenge that no, I don't like. I don't like, you know, I don't know anybody likes it, but specifically me, I hate it. <laughs> and so that would be yeah. a low one. Yeah. I mean, apart from obviously the pandemic and all of this yeah. stuff. But. Yeah, that's been tough on everybody, I think. Um, yeah, for those that have followed you and Melinda for a while, what are some of the biggest differences between living in Cochabamba and Trinidad? Um, between living in Cochabamba and Trinidad? That's a good point of the question. Because there's differences in the city, but living here is different. I think um, riding motorcycles and like... Uh, no, yeah, just the our living situation. Like we don't have walls around our house. At some point, that's probably gonna be a necessity, but it's not yet. Um, yeah, it, it, just living here is just a lot different. We're so much more in touch with the, our neighborhood and community here yeah. than we were able to be in in Cochabamba. Because in Cochabamba, it's, it's more of a city. It, this is a city, but it's more like it's, it's a bigger like, city. Yeah, I guess it's like a city built up and. Neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's, like it's more crowded. Na- yeah, yeah. yeah, small neighborhoods plastered together. Yeah, and so everybody has walls and stuff around their house and stuff like that. And you can go knock on your neighbor's door, but it's just different. You don't see people and out and about, and you'll see people walking around the neighborhood. You know what I mean? And like you're not just casually strolling around your neighborhood because yeah. you. I mean, your neighborhood is smack in the city, and so it's like, where's your neighborhood begin and end? And you know, you know, you don't really have that. As to where here, it's you know. Um, we are huge, in case you haven't noticed, we are huge neighborhood people. Like we are, you know, we feel like the church should be one of the in, most influential institutions or places or group of people in, an, in our neighborhood. And so, you know, we kind of go about it that way and build relationships. So it's been, uh, it's much easier to build relationships, with, not with just people you go to church with here. Because in Cochabamba, like most places, I think those are your closest friends, people you go to church with, which it should be because we're believers and stuff like that. Um, However, here, we can have relationships with other people, too. Just, again, neighbors and stuff like that, which, you know, obviously, in turn, you will share the gospel and stuff like that. But, um, you know, you can enjoy, you're able to enjoy your neighbors and stuff and, yeah. like, just a more of a community feel and, uh, you know, our living situation here. And um, we live close to, I mean, we live, we live literally right across the street from this office. I mean, I can throw a rock. If there's a window closed, I can throw a rock easily and hit my house. And, um yeah, Simon lives in the same building as this. And so, you know, so I think even for you, that's a, probably a high point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess sometimes it'd be like, you wish you could move around more, but just the convenience of that. And so our house and our ministry office and our church all being right here yeah. in the middle of this neighborhood is super, super beneficial and way different than anything we ever lived in Cochabamba or anywhere else. Yeah. Um, just not just convenience. But like effectiveness, everything's geared towards the same neighborhood without having to drive over there and see what happened today. Like we were here, you know what I mean? We were here when the dude tried to steal the lady's uh, purse and drove and wrecked his motorcycle right there because the road is unpaved and messed up. And he didn't know. Dude stole, he stole a person was trying to get away on a motorcycle with his friend. And the lady's chasing him on a taxi. 
and our road is just horrendous. If you don't, and if you don't know it, you're gonna bust. A motorcycle taxi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, motorcycle taxi. And so he drives through, and they they just, I mean, they wipe out. Can we just talk about how great that motorcycle taxi driver was? No, like, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. That dude, like, he, he was did. not trying to catch them. Well, he wasn't. No, no I was like, no. If, if I hopped on a motorcycle, if somebody hopped on my motorcycle, said chase that guy, he just sold they're gonna pay you. Like, they're gonna pay you. They're gonna do it. like he wasn't trying to catch him. He was going slow. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, so he wasn't trying to catch I him. I just imagined him as his hero. He was like keeping up, but he he didn't. I mean, because what's he gonna do? It's him and the lady, and there's two like there's two like younger guys. Well, he probably knew our road too. <laughs> nah, he didn't know. Like, probably knew he ain't want to go down it because like he's driving all slow, and he had a bigger motorcycle. Like he could have caught them easily. <laughs> and so like yeah, he was. That's another conversation for another day. But anyways, like. Just the community events that we're involved in, man. All this, there's so much like crazy stuff that happens and stuff, and like we're able to be here and be involved in it, and and like not in a, I'm not not in like a record it and put it on YouTube way, but like you know, like the like ministry wise, like you know, and on personal level, we have relationships with all. So it's way different in that way for me, the living situation here than in Cochabamba. Just yeah, closer. Mean, we got a me- I got a message at two in the morning saying, "Hey, there's a huge ant." Ant eater in your yeah, backyard. A, a giant ant eater. <laughs> a giant. Oh, it's a huge giant ant eater, but that's like a double. It's literally called a giant ant eater. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like, why are you <laughs> being so specific no, no, about me using huge? No, it's called a giant ant eater. <laughs> okay. Because there's an ant eater and then there's a giant okay, ant eater. That makes more sense. And the giant <laughs> ant eater is obviously the, the big, big one, one that we see. Yeah. Uh, at two in the morning, and Ramon goes out there and he's like, our neighbors. No, whoa, whoa. Home. Ramon doesn't go out there. Ramon was sleeping. <laughs> so was Melinda. So how did Ramon wake anyway, up? Did they, any, just, did they make noise? I'm just saying that uh, it was a community event at two in the morning. That thing, <laughs> that thing is out here all the time. We don't, we don't, we just don't see it. But yeah. So go ahead, go ahead. I remember uh, when we lived in Cochabamba, um, reading a book called The Art of Neighboring, and I knew that um, I obviously chose it because I didn't know many of my neighbors, and I just kind of wanted to to focus more on community and. Um, Loving the people who literally, Jesus says to love your neighbor, like just taking that very literal. Like I can't, I don't even know my neighbors. And one of the exercises in there was, it, it, there was a map and it said, draw your house. And then I want you to um, name your neighbors, um, the, I guess the three in front of like the one on your left, one on your right and one right in front of you. And then the one uh, behind and behind you to the left, behind you to the right. I didn't get... I couldn't name any of them. I didn't know any of my neighbors by name. I just kind of like, whenever we walked up to our gate and I unlocked it, I would see someone just kind of wave and say, hey, good morning, which is just custom, hmm. customary, customary, custom, customary, yeah. Um, in, in Cochabamba, you just greet everyone. That's just a very friendly um, Do you culture. Anyways. I mean, ever since I got there, everyone's like, buen dia, buenos dias, but that's it, right? Hmm. And so you kind of have the illusion that every that you know your neighbors just because you speak a very basic hey good morning and that's mm-hmm. it uh, but when i did that i was like oh, man, how do i even love them if i don't even know their names and mm-hmm. so that was a very very real real realization for me um and but here like you were saying like it's so much easier we literally know <laughs> all of our neighbors in those directions yeah. you know more people because you get out more i don't yeah ever I, pretty much go yeah I mean, two block radius that's about it but I, I don't like. So I talk to all these people, but I don't know everybody's name. So I have the references for them. Like, <laughs> I know, so like, there's Miguel and Ruth, and then you know Carlos and Carla who live there, and then there's um, Iber and Mariela who live across the street from them, mm-hmm. and there's Efrain and wife. Don't know her name. Jenny. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Hey, Efrain and Jenny, learn something new every day. Uh, and then there's the nurse lady that lives next to them. That Laura. When we, is that her name? Laura. When, when we had dengue, she <laughs> came and put an IV. Like somebody, there's a question in here about like, do we have any crazy stories? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. But anyway, yeah. So, and but I see these people all the time. So yeah, I didn't know her name. That's you see, you know, more people than me. Then there's the crazy lady on the corner next to Efrain, who beat up Mariella when she was pregnant and was kicking her. Oh yeah, her. I don't know her name. Yeah. And then yeah. Did you? you didn't I don't know either. that he knew that, but that was a long ongoing. And she played. Thing. She used to play the loud music, and that was yeah, yeah. what started the whole thing. Her, see her every once in a while, but I think I've spoken to her one time. She's not the most friendly person, though. Everybody else is pretty friendly. This guy on the corner that waves at me all the time. Don't know his name. Um, then on the next street, there's Efrain. Uh, there's uh, what's his name? Uh, Don Victor. I know his name, and Anna, and then Mariscal. 
Yeah, Mighty Scholar. So, and then the guy across the street from Mighty Scholar went fishing with him one time. Don't know his name, but guy I went fishing with one time. And then down in the corner, like, so we know all our neighbors. And behind us is Don Model's daughter. That's literally what I call her. Don't know her name. And her husband. Then across them is Mickey and wife. Don't know her name either. You know her, the lady that's right here. Right here? Yeah, yeah. What's her name? I don't know. She comes to our house and everything. Well, she always calls me vecina, neighbor. And yeah, I always yell back, neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> neighbor. And like everybody looks. Like, hey, me? Like, <laughs> neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that Spider-Man meme when he's like pointing at each other. Like, yeah. So. so that, I mean, that just says to me that she doesn't know your name. Right, right, no, right. you don't know her name. She doesn't. If they so scream what? amiga, hermana, yeah. or vecina. But hermano, that's what we get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's more one. And then well. you get pastor. Pastor. Yeah. Doctor. I get doctor too. Because, yeah, I, yeah. because I, I'm involved in this building, they think I'm a doctor. Yeah. And so I take that over. I'm just thankful we don't get gringo. Gringa, gringo. <laughs> yeah, but I think when people see us, they don't think that. Like, I don't know what the box is saying, so they just call us neighbor and doctor and pastor, whatever. So, mm. what are you gonna say? I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, we have quite a few more questions. What we can do is we can wrap this episode up, yeah, and mm-hmm. we can keep recording and just do, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so, all right. So that's all we have for today. Actually, we're gonna keep going, but you're gonna stop here. So, hope you enjoyed this. Um, thank you for those who sent the questions. The rest of them, we will get to them next week. We want to answer all of them. There's enough where we can answer them. So, you will see them next week. And, um, yeah, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. And, yeah, we'll see you next week. Pro- <laughs> I mean, what's that? On the Provecho. <laughs>